I'm Sean. I'm Caleb. And I'm Lisa. And this is Watch Your Harry, a podcast where three obsessive and slightly drunk friends discuss the wider Harry Potter universe. And just a reminder, uh, this podcast is not kid-friendly, um, so leave the kiddos at home. Mm-hmm. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hiya. Uh, Sean and I got to hang out again yesterday. Fun. Yeah. And once again, I was like, I'm going to take a picture and send it to Lisa. I'm going to make her so jealous. And then I did not do we that. Do it. <laughs> uh, we had a very interesting conversation, though, and I wanted to bring it up while we were recording. Sean says that we have international listenership. And I'm just wondering because we keep offending them with my accents. I well, that's wonder. Possible. Maybe that's the pull factor. There's actually just like an entire club out there somewhere that's like Lisa Moen must go down. Yeah. Because of these really offensive accents. Yeah. All you're... publicity is good publicity. That's true. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. Yes. Uh, but uh, Sean, can you tell like specifically what countries? Um. Yeah, I could. Give me one minute. I didn't know we had kind of I guess metrics. I don't know what you would Yeah, you just get them from the pod bean. Like yeah, yep. I get them from the hosting service. Um and so I can see like obviously how many people listen per episode and like where generally in the world our listen- listenership is and then like all time downloads, things like that. Yeah. Um so let's see. I feel like I'm really slack and I'm getting the people in Washington on this podcast. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say like, obviously the vast majority are from like the United States. Um, mm-hmm. The other downloads, like there's like five downloads in the UK. There's two downloads in Germany, one in Australia, one in Bahrain, one in Canada, what? Czech Republic, Spain, France, Indonesia. Okay. Look at us. If you're out there, who the fuck are you? Tell us more. <laughs> How did you find How us? How did you get here? Was oh, that actually, that was so when I was telling you those like small numbers, that actually wasn't right. I was looking at um uh just the statistics for the last month. Like all time, it's yep, Canada, Germany, Ireland, Australia, Poland, India, Brazil, Indonesia, Sweden, Netherlands. Wow. Got a handful Again, everywhere. How how did you get here? How did you get here? Tell us know. about. Are your you journey still here? to this podcast. My question is why? Yeah. Who? Yeah. And if you're why? if you're hearing this question, well, how did you get here? <laughs> Please let us know. Email Please us. let us know. We won't check it. Well, we won't, but we're gonna we're we'll try. We'll pretend like we're getting better at this, but I I actually think in the next month we are due for an email check. <laughs> <laughs> it's been about four months, so that feels it's been right. About four months, so, so that's right. Our quarterly Joe email. Filari, check. If you're still in that email, we'll get it in a month. We love oh. you. We love you and we love your support. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> Thank you. Um, awesome. What are y'all drinking? Well, I realized uh I think I drink the same thing every time we record because the same variety pack is on sale at my local carryout store. So I'm drinking uh, a victory actually in a koozie, so I can't see it. (laughs) I'm drinking some kind of victory. I think it's the brotherly love hazy IPA. Um, And I have a sour monkey on deck and the ABV y'all is 9.5%. So so bold of you to have a sour monkey on deck. Like that's Mm -hmm. usually the start and end of my night. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I'm kind of a monster. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. <laughs> what are What are you both drinking? 
Um, I'm drinking a, an actual good beer this time. Ooh, nice. I'm working on it. I'm getting like steadily better, right? Um, but Naturalist is a brewery in Washington that usually has um, consistently quite good beer. I've rarely had beer that I didn't like. This is a hazy IPA and it looks like the like zebra striped gum that you know, oh, used to get as a child. Um, and I think that's why it's like fruity. That sounds nice. really good. And mm. I miss that zebra striped gum. The flavor lasts for 30 seconds. It was terrible gum. But it came in that like tin container. It, had, it came in the, and it had the, and I think the, 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 the wrappers, you could make tattoos. Oh yeah. Oh, that was brilliant. Yeah. Huh. Great marketing. Great mm. marketing. And I am embarrassingly, I am drinking a white claw, a raven, a raven claw, <laughs> if you will. Um, Where I do not have a ton of beer in the house right now. So it was slim pickings at the Fitzpatrick Santa Mala household. But, uh, how'd you end up with white claws in your house? It's okay to like them also. We had a, we had a party. They they have to have been in here for like over a year. Like we definitely had a party (laughs) last summer and someone brought a bunch of them and then they've been sitting in my, cause you know, like people bring like beers or whatever to your house Mm -hmm. and then they leave them there. And now you're just like, I have the most random assortment of yeah. drinks in my fridge and like, they can't stay here. Um, so we've just had white claws in the basement for those moments when you're just really desperate. Do you go in once a month and turn the can? So while it ages, it does. So oh evenly. yeah. I, ha- I have them that special oh, wrap yes, like for yes. why buy our nice wine. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, so for those of you out there that don't know, I am, my birthday is next week and I am turning 31 Uh Uh and you both are already 31. Mm -hmm. So tell me, um, have you started to notice just like last week your, your skin seemed youthful and glowing. And now all of a sudden it feels like you have a, all of you have like all the pores and all of the wrinkles. I am noticing forehead wrinkles that are not springing back as quickly as they used Correct. to. Correct. Yeah. Like yeah. I got the, like the forehead creases. You know, yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I got skin. the, like, you know, the furrowed. Getting a little bit of like the crow's eyes, the crow's feet around my yeah. eyes. I yeah. feel like an old football most days. I think <laughs> um, like I, and I can't tell what is just being on hormone replacement therapy and what is yeah. aging. But like I found a silver beard hair today. Oh, I mean, like... I I I don't know what that. I don't know if silver, but like I I get the weird one that grows like out of your chin and it's like four yeah. feet long. Oh, oh my god, me too, and it's so that's gross. your your homie for life right there. Is yeah, that... and then you pluck it out, and then it's gone for a year, and then all of a sudden it comes back, and it's like eight feet long, and you're like, how did you mm. get long so quickly without me noticing? Get ready for it to not be a year anymore. Now that you're 31. Uh, Damn, I'm not 31 coming. yet, you know? Yeah, so, well, in seven days. It's all I've downhill. I've got six days. I find that, like, and I don't know if this is hormones or not, but, like, I have, like, fat growing in places it's never grown. I have, like, eye fat now. <laughs> <Interesting>. <laughs> like, no. I just, like, never. Like, what the fuck is that shape? I'm, like, I don't. It's. I'm, like, are my eyes getting closer together or am I, like, developing eye fat pockets the the listeners at home can't see but everyone is just like squeezing (laughs) random parts of their face (laughs) 
All right. Uh, what are we discussing today? So today we are going to talk about <clears throat> muggle wizard relations. And before we, we dive in into any of like the research or just talking about the books, I want to like put, I want to put us in the headspace that I want us to be the question that I want us to think about. <laughs> okay. Uh, Cause I wanted to do this episode for a while and I, I've, I've been in the sandbox for a little bit. I want you guys to come in and play there with me for a, yes, for a minute. Yes, yes, yes. Sign me up. I, I want us to think that perhaps we have been too hard on the Dursleys. <laughs> okay. Okay. Lisa is reacting very negatively. I want us to talk about what we're going to talk about. And I want us to think about it in the context of like the Dursleys with no real knowledge or involvement in this world having to watch these things happen to them Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. so we don't have to talk about that yet we can start just like talking in general about wizards and muggles and like the way they've historically interacted but i just want i want in the back of your minds i want you to be thinking about the dursleys okay okay can i ask uh so what started you on this path um, I think as we were all talking, one about how like wizards are just the dumbest shits in creation. Just big dumb dumbs. So stupid. Um, and as we are looking more closely at how the wizarding universe functions and these sort of like very small minute details about it, just thinking about how frightening it must be to live alongside of these people. Um yeah. in the same way, I don't know if you guys watch, um, there's a show called The Boys on Amazon. Have you ever yeah. heard it or watched it? Okay. Mm-hmm. So it is basically like, what if like superheroes were, they existed, they were kind of like, they were both celebrities and law enforcement. Hmm. And like, how scary would it be to be a normal person who has to live in a world where like, superheroes are everywhere there's no accountability for them and the collateral damage is of everything they do is massive in terms of human life Uh uh-huh um so like that but wizards whoa yeah yeah it's reminding me of the plot of the incredibles 2 yes okay yeah because the boys is the boys (laughs) is basically the incredible (laughs) but just like significantly darker like wowie 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 it is and this this is a direct pitch i think you all should watch the boys it is the most disgusting show i've ever it's, seen in my life disgusting like how it so? is, i mean the, it's really hard to watch sometimes the gore is out of control yeah like did you watch did anybody watch invincible uh-uh. so invincible is incredible it's also unbelievably gory but it's cartoon so it's like you can handle it but it's like imagine invincible gore in 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 real life and that that's the boys and it is it is a lot would you Um, call it gratuitous oh absolutely it is yes but but it's supposed to be yeah that's the point though it is like it it was based off a comic and it is like it is over the top comic book violence but like it looks like how things would actually look in the real world. So gotcha. like to give you an example, in one of the very first episodes, they put a bomb up a man's ass and then they blow him up. Oh no. And like 
he explodes around the room and it is Uh, disgusting. And it is exactly what it would look like if you exploded a person from the inside. Wow. It is a really good show, though. Very good. And Invincible also. Very good show. So if you like the boys, Sean, you'll like Invincible. Okay, I will check it out. It's quite good. Like, it's very, very, very good. Sandra O is in it. So, you know, Oh, love her. Okay. But so that's but like, okay, so that's basically what that is what the Harry that is what the Harry Potter universe is for muggles. So yeah, Yeah. that is scary. Um, we told my friends that we were going to be doing this episode. We were talking about it yesterday. And the main main question that came up is like, as a as a muggle, if you were a muggle, would you rather know about the the wizarding world or not know about the wizarding world? Oh, oh, I think I'd be so depressed to not be part of it. Yeah, it would be hard Therefore, to know I would about hunt it. Wizards and not be involved. Yeah. yeah, I think I I said the same thing. I think I'd be too jealous to know about it, and also yeah. scared. <laughs> I would be scared. <laughs> But then my friends kind of like made the point of like, but what if you had like a partner who was a wizard or a witch? Oh my God, I would be a wizard chaser. I would be yeah, such a chaser. Right, like, cause then you could just like, you know, then you have some of the benefits of like, you get to hop on a broom. You get oh, to like fuck do yeah. side along apparition. Like you get to like do some of these like beneficiary things. Yeah. Um, and like, would that be? Oh my God, my Tinder okay? would be. My Tinder would be, oh, there would be dating apps. It would be like M for W, but not man for woman, like muggle for wizard. Like (laughs) that would be, (laughs) I would be M for W. (laughs) That is, that's an interesting point though, because obviously within the world of of Harry Potter, that wouldn't happen because you only know about magic if you're a muggle, if you have a partner or a family member, like there, there would be no like, I only date wizards. Like you wouldn't yeah. know about them unless you were dating well, a wizard. Well, right. If you're okay. dating one and then you broke up, then you could be like, I only date wizards. And then you oh like, my gosh. Yes. you know, that is why. And I, I have it on like the list of notes to talk about, but we can just talk about it now. So like <laughs> Seamus Finnegan's dad, like what does that man's life look like now? Because he like married Seamus's mom and then found out that she was a witch and left her. Right. That's like the story of him. Me dad's a muggle. Mom's a witch. Bit of a nasty shock for him when he found out. You would hate to do that. <laughs> and now, like this man, just like has to like was obviously so unhappy to find out that his partner was a witch that he left. And like, what fear does he live in now? I bet What's they did. A, like? I bet they modified his memory. Oh, right? does that happen? I, I wonder. There would be a whole office for like muggles who divorced and i wives. i believe children. i believe wizards are unethical enough to do that mm-hmm. oh, yeah. yeah they are they're also idiots big time idiots <laughs> big big time dum-dums big time dum-dums uh, i would pu- i would put money on them modifying the memories but what if they That's escape pretty right up. like dean thomas's dad right like, no, his mom's a muggle, but they don't know anything about Dean Thomas's dad. He took off. Dean Thomas's he... dad. I actually just read this a second ago. Um, they don't know, though. So, At least in the books, they, he has no idea. In the books, we have no idea. Right. Because And Dean even says it when he's in the, like, the seventh book and they hear them talking at the, like, campsite. Mm-hmm. They overhear them and he's like, well, I don't know if my dad's a wizard or not. He took off when we were little and nobody knows. So, um, so he doesn't know if he's muggle born or if he's half blood. So n- 
uh, not canon, like didn't appear in any works, but Rowling gave notes to Chris Columbus um, when they were writing the movies that explained the backstory. And apparently Dean's dad was a wizard and wouldn't join the Death Eaters. And so the Death Eaters killed him. Oh, of <laughs> I just read that like right. 20 minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of, of, course. Course, of course. And he's probably also like Nagini. So yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a great question. Uh, and like, how do you tell someone who you're falling in love with? Like, how do they like, how soon is too soon to tell them about you? And how do they fabricate? Like, like they'd have to like fabricate their entire existence. Right. Like, no, you can't meet my parents. They're really, they're eccentric. Or my friends. Or my coworkers, you can't know where pets, I work. Depending my on pets. what kind of pet you have, like this is my pet owl. Mm-hmm. I can't cook or clean in front of you. I can't read. I, don't know how. I can't read. <laughs> I can't not shit my drawers. I don't know how to use a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually it's crazy. There are so many like half-bloods because I just can't imagine as like a muggle wanting like the the appeal of dating someone who is a wizard but I don't know I would just be like how are you you're like a plant like how are you surviving in this world and that's the thing that's so funny because like we we talked about this so much in the education episode but like muggle-borns are the smartest ones yeah because they had education from (laughs) age five to eleven I wonder that wasn't just Molly Weasley trying her fucking best Wow. I bet there's like uh like support groups. <laughs> In twenty twenty two there would be support right. groups. Right. Just like my <laughs> I'm married to a witch. I'm married to a witch. I wonder if um there are more wizards who date muggles or witches who date muggles. I wonder how that goes down. Because like if you're magical also why would you want to date a non-magical person? Why not? They're smarter than you. Yeah, but they like don't have anything cool going on. The, except for the except fact the electricity that they and actively, yeah, they have TV. TV. Also, yeah. what you're bringing with you, which I want to discuss, is this anti-muggle bias that is rampant in the wizarding worlds. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, muggles are pretty like... <laughs> Think about, okay, if you were a muggle-born, right, and you grew up watching fucking TV, and then, and I'm not saying that, like, you're so, like, anyone, like, I'm not saying I'm so hooked on TV that, like, I couldn't give it up, but, like, it would be weird, right? Like, yeah. it would be it would be weird to be like, what do you mean I can't just fucking call my mom to tell her that I got to school okay? Because you yeah. don't have a felly tone. Because I don't have a felly tone. <laughs> and even if I did, it wouldn't work because of all the electricity confusion with magic. Like, huh. does Hogsmeade just have a payphone for the Muggle boards so that they can just go quick call their parents? They should. Yeah, they should. Huh. Yeah, because also, like, how are my my Muggle parents supposed to, like, send something by Al to me? Mm-hmm. There has to be a Muggle post. Although they did explain that. There are wizard witches and wizards in the Muggle post so that they can make sure that post... Oh, right. Gets to. Yeah. Gets to its destination. I actually just read um, 
I don't know what article I was reading. Someone was overanalyzing shit as we do. And they were like, oh, Tom Riddle told Harry or Tom Riddle told Hagrid that uh, Moni Myrtle's also her name is uh, Myrtle Elizabeth Warren. I don't know if we've talked about that yet. Um, Have we talked about that yet? I don't. I think we've talked about it, but maybe not on this show. Myrtle Elizabeth Warren. Uh, Her parents, who were both muggles, were like on their way to the school to collect her body. And the person was like, what? How? Muggle repellent charms. Like, right. Do they just like, they like, they just force them in. (laughs) And the whole time they're looking around, they're like, this dilapidated building is going to fall down. And I have somewhere to be. Why are all these children just hanging out here? I need to go. Oh boy. All right. Can we maybe, uh, Caleb, I see that you have the the etymology of the word muggle. Oh yeah. Can you talk so, about that? Yes, because I just do too much sometimes. Um, okay. So we're talking about muggles. Uh, and so I wanted to back us up to the actual like word muggle because it's weird. It's a weird word. Um, so inside the Harry Potter universe, we know that muggles are the non-magical folks. Um, specifically, um, so a non-magical person born to two non-magical people. So if someone is born and they're non-magical, but they have a magical parent, they're a squib, we know this. Um, but so Rowling did not invent this word. It might be like um, a coincidence, I guess, or, you know, this word is not related to the original meaning of the word, um, but we can trace the roots of the word muggle back to the 17th century playwright Thomas Middleton, who is a contemporary of Shakespeare, he actually contributed a few lines to Macbeth, which is interesting. Um, and so he just like randomly threw the word in to describe someone's like sweetheart or girlfriend. Word didn't take off. Um, we didn't really see it in that context again. But then fast forward to the 1920s and 30s, um, this so muggle emerged among specifically jazz musicians, or based on what I read anyway, um, as slang for marijuana. So a muggle um, was like a joint. <laughs> um, and so uh, in 1928, uh, Louis Armstrong even named a song Muggles. And it's like, apparently his, like one of his masterpieces, like one of his best songs, which I don't know anything about Louis Armstrong. Um, but I, I linked the video if anyone wants to to hear that song. Uh, so now muggle as we know it pretty much just exclusively means non-magical person. Um, but the word was actually added to the Oxford English Dictionary way back in 2002. And it's defined as a person who lacks a particular skill or set of skills who is regarded as inferior in some way. So That's I don't know. Bullshit. I don't know who wrote that definition. Uh, I wish I looked Oxford that dictionary. up. Yeah, they like don't mention the Harry Potter universe <laughs> whatsoever. Um, but they really went for the inferior angle. Uh, and as of today, so on Merriam-Webster online, it's uh, in the top 24% of most searched terms in the dictionary. So we are not alone in exploring this topic. This is proof that maybe the wizarding world is actually real and somebody put that definition in the Oxford Dictionary. Be like, it's possible. these muggles. I think there's a lot of things I want to point to as, you know, 
indicating that the wizarding world is real. This is one of them now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, so that's the etymology of the word muggle. Did, did, did either of you know those things before? No, I had no idea there was any context for it outside of Harry Potter. Um, yep. I didn't know that it was like an American slang word, which is mm-hmm. interesting. Um, I've never heard that as a, a drug term. Um, and I really hate that definition of it. It makes me really mad. Yeah. I wonder. Yeah, it's not great. I wonder what we could come up with as a better it, definition. Again, it, there's a difference between being like these are folks who don't have magical powers which is literally all it means within the the world of harry potter Mm -hmm. for that to then be uh categorized as people that are inferior or have like no (laughs) skills in some way is not great (laughs) it's really not 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 the most ideal and like say a slytherin wrote it uh, well yeah it it feels like real pure blood energy coming through on the big time this is definitely you, so. some sort of like a high up ministry official who is just like trying to uh, really get in the world of I don't know superior superiority complexes. <laughs> well, and we know that within just the larger world of Harry Potter, there is a very very strange relationship between muggles and wizards even though they are pretty much always just neighbors we know muggles you know there's way more of them in terms of population than there are wizards we've talked about that um i think in our history of magic episode um but the the way that wizards view muggles because they're such an isolated community ranges from just complete ignorance um and sometimes that is a an interested ignorance like a arthur weasley and then on the other extreme end of that scale is like an incredible prejudice and superiority complex which then becomes uh comes voldemort becomes grindelwald becomes the the pure blood movement um and the the way that we we know very few muggles in the Harry Potter books. We know the Dursleys, who I want to get to. Um, we know, obviously, Hermione is being muggle. We know a couple characters who are muggle-born and kind of very brief mentions of their parents. Um, but otherwise, everything we know about muggles comes from wizards teaching on them and the way mm-hmm. that wizards interact with them and how quickly even people like Harry and Hermione, who lived most of their life in a muggle realm, how quickly they start... Um, rejecting the muggle world yeah and and mimicking some of the wizard thoughts and teaching on muggles yeah yeah and you see it with like and it's so interesting too because on the flip side right you see it like fully like arabella fig is involved in the order of the phoenix and she you know keeps an eye on harry and she like does that as well but she's also like walking around town as a batty old lady in her carpet slippers and buying cat food at the store like so like she she comes from the magical world and she just immediately dove into like the worst definition of muggle. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's really interesting to see like in this, in this universe that exists, right. That's supposed to be this one. Yeah. Um, how, 
just unrealistic the muggles are. Yeah, she's like, that's a really funny perspective, Lisa. Like her idea of passing as a muggle is like the version of a muggle that's like let themselves completely go. Right. <laughs> it's a crazy cat lady. Yeah. I think also in a, I mean, this is like kind of a, a darker and more depressing way of looking at it. When you think about how the wizards treat muggles, it becomes so obvious in the way they teach, they treat squibs. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the only squibs that we know are Arbella and Filch and they operate on kind of the edges of their society. They mm-hmm. are made fun of or they're pitied or they're neglected in some way. Yeah. Um, and you know, they're treated that way because they are so much closer to the muggle end of the spectrum than the wizard end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think it's so interesting to hear, like, I mean, it would, it, we, I feel like we can all agree without me really asking that being a squib would be the worst yeah, possible yeah. outcome, right? Because like your parents don't know what to do with you. Your siblings are probably really mean to you because wizards are dumb. Mm-hmm. And like, I just, yeah, it just kind of suck. It's got to suck. Because you can't really thrive in a muggle society because you haven't had any of the, the schooling or the training or the socialization that comes with living amongst muggles. You only know right. wizards and their community is so strange and so separate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They like have to do all the Charlie work all the time. All the time. It's all Charlie work. <laughs> Yeah. And it's so hard because like, and, and they don't, right? Like, it's not like they can figure out when they're young that they're going to be a squib because they thought N- Neville thought that he was going to be a squib until he got his Hogwarts letter. Ugh. So he was like 10 years old before he was like, oh, I guess I'm actually a wizard. Um, Which also like, let's do a Neville episode because the trauma that has to come from the first 10, 11 years of your life, thinking that you were going to be a societal outcast, like yeah. pretty much also as defined like, by the government. <laughs> The sack of trauma that Neville is, is a general rule. Like he's bullied constantly. His parents are uh, like unfit in any way, like, and in the worst possible way. And his grandmother, like, while well-meaning is like very strict, very like. Is is abusive. Yeah. We could say that. Like. Yeah, what? Yeah. Poor Neville. Yeah, we should have a Neville episode, big time. Yeah. We'll get to him. Same. Um, so, with regard to wizards uh, who are Muggle-born assimilating to wizarding society and starting to like kind of regard Muggles as other, I just want to name that as a reader in this verse, I feel like it's really easy to slip into othering muggles <laughs> like oh, as yeah. a muggle enthusiast of this fictional world it's really easy to be like yeah fuck those idiots like but that's right. us well and i wonder if the reason that jk too like didn't put muggles into the story much is because we are muggles right like she didn't want to give a ton of backstory on stuff that like the readers already know. Mm-hmm. Like, so she yeah. just really wanted to like go for the like clean break and like really focus on the wizarding world. Mm-hmm. But then, but all she managed to do was then introduce us to these like two dimensional muggle characters that are not like our caricatures of things, like just like not an actual, not an actual 
fully fledged character. Right. It's like the only other muggles that we ever see are related to the Dursleys. And they're like Dudley's shitty friends mm-hmm. or Vernon's co-workers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like that dude who took care of the Marvolo. Oh yeah. Like oh. Frank Bryce. Yeah. yeah. Frank was yeah. actually pretty cool. He could have been a cool character, but then they killed him immediately. So yeah. Poor guy. Ugh. And, yeah. and like you guys said, it, it makes sense. You're, you know, the method of storytelling that she was using and the world that we were occupying, it was, you know, you, it mimicked those kind of very classic children's stories, like a Matilda or something like Mm -hmm. that, where Mm -hmm. you, to make the wizarding world, especially in the early books, when as readers, we were so young and Harry was so young, uh, the appeal of the wizarding world also had to partially come from it being an escape from the muggle world. Um, there was a reason that, you know, Harry was, nothing was ever going to become so scary that Harry ran back to the Dursleys. Like that always had to be worse. Yeah. So that was, wow. that's a plot technique, um, which is like not attacking her for that, but it, it is what it is that you, mm-hmm. stories have to function in a certain way. Yeah. So you're so smart. Thank you. Um, I think <laughs> where it becomes a little bit worse is in later books where the treatment towards I mean, obviously there, there is terrible treatment towards muggles in later books that is frowned upon and it is supposed to be because Voldemort has come to power and like, we're supposed mm-hmm. to see these things as, oh my God, it's so horrible that, you know, they were torturing that family at the Quidditch World Cup where it becomes cruelty that's used as humor is in the treatment of the Dursleys though. Interesting. Do you mean oh, like, like with Fred giving stuff? Yeah, uh, I, I'm actually specifically, and I don't, I don't know if we want to get into this now or if we want to go through a little bit more background. Um, uh, because for me, this is where a lot of the crux of my argument is. So maybe I'll, I'll put a pin in this for the moment. Okay. Um, but I do want to talk about how magic is used as like a tool of fear towards the Dursleys. Yeah. Um, for repeated and like comedic effects. Mm-hmm. But before we do that, let's let's also dive into um, the concept of muggle studies uh, within the Harry Potter educational universe, because for some of these kids, like that's the only thing they know about muggles. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get my hands on a lesson. Like I'm assuming this yes. is in your notes. Oh, my God, I wish. And I like something is in your notes here. And I have, again, not looking at your notes, no idea what's in the notes. <laughs> Um, but like, I would love to get my hands on a lesson plan. Like, do they have like an Arthur Weasley situation teaching <laughs> these children about muggles well, or is like charity Burbage, like a muggle born? Am I like imagining this, but I feel like I'm thinking back to the third book where like, you know, when it, cause Hermione's taking like a million classes and one right. of them is muggle studies. And I want to say that it's like Ron or Harry sees like some of her muggle study homework or whatever. And it's like, like, why do muggles like lift heavy things? <laughs> yeah, you know I feel like about? I remember. I don't that remember too. that, but that's amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is a callback to our discussion about do wizards exercise? No, trying to don't. imagine wizard gyms. Evidently, no. Can they uh, just like? Do they have like a? Do they just have like spells where they can just be like, I'm fit now. Swolius. Swolius Maximus. <laughs> 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 oh man um i don't remember that sean but that's hilarious like cardius cardius bestus Car- 
Is that cardio? Fastest runnerist. <laughs> That's so silly. Uh, so what I read was that, so apparently Quirrell was supposedly the Muggle Studies teacher before he went abroad and then got Nazified and came back to teach Defense Against the Dark Arts. Um, I don't know how canon or what part of the canon that is. Might have been from a video game, which means it doesn't mean anything. Um, but yeah, we don't actually, we don't learn too much about the actual curriculum until, well, like we see uh, what Hermione says about taking the class or whatever. Um, and then Sean, your recollection, I hope is somewhere in the books because I love that. Um, no, it definitely is. I for sure remember it. Mm -hmm. Um, but by the time the Caros are teaching at Hogwarts, they actually use Muggle Studies as like a vehicle for propaganda. Yeah. Um, so it goes from being like a, a soft, what Percy Weasley calls a soft option, it goes from being that elective course to then a required course um, for the purpose of like anti-Muggle programming, yeah. essentially. Yeah, and like Fred um, and George call it the like if you're a if you're a Muggle lover nutter like Dad, mm -hmm. you can take Muggle studies. I so want to know more about how Arthur got into that. Yeah, because he's sweet. Yeah, I think he's kind of dumb, and I think maybe he would yeah. go for the one that's like the easy option. Or maybe he's like, magic is magic, whatever. How do these brilliant, sweet idiots? come up with inventions like felitones and felitones. cars like well, that's, i feel like i want to i want to dive deep into arthur weasley because like he is such an intriguing character right like yeah. he is clearly a skilled wizard despite the fact that like he doesn't seem to like i almost think like he's like he works for the nonprofit of the ministry world. He's like, brilliant. And I think he's incorruptible for this reason. Like he has right. so much potential. Like he is a he's strong just, wizard. Like, he's such a, he's such a, like just golden innocent. He doesn't want power. Clearly. He's a, <laughs> he's a sweet boy. Like he's a, he's, sweet boy. <laughs> he's a sweet boy. Yeah. Um, so I have some notes about some light notes about the curriculum. So um in the Muggle Studies curriculum, they like looked at radios and light bulbs, rotary phones, um, rubber ducks, which is hilarious. And then <laughs> things like hairspray. <laughs> um, which we is all like, wonder about hairspray. It's funny because there's like, you know, Harry's grandfather made their family's fortune off of like a hair potion. So it's right. like, it's not that weird, whatever. Um, roller skates, cars, plumbing, transportation, uh what yes. the fuck why can't why can't wizards roller skate i don't know do they not get to experience the joy that is roller skating they get to use wheels right it's not uh, i assume the carriages of. have wheels but all of those things were stolen from muggles god wizards are so dumb. like the wizards did not invent the wheel for themselves that's true probably not hmm I imagine there was like a lot more collaboration on early technologies. Okay. And like a lot of, and a lot of muggles, right. We've talked about this, how like mug, um, wizards and muggles live in like their communities. Right. So that means that a lot of times wizards are just moving into like muggle homes. So 
do they just like not use the electricity that's already in there? Right. Also, like imagine Arthur Weasley having to figure out how to like apply for a mortgage, yeah. like, get, like pre-approved for something <laughs> like they have to just be somehow showing up with just buckets of cash and like yeah. buying these things straight out. He because would they love it, though. He'd like, be they're like, paying t- they're paying <gasps> look taxes. at all this stupid paperwork. <laughs> There's no, absolutely no way there are every single year the Weasleys are figuring out how to pay their taxes. I was wondering about taxes earlier. Like, yeah, do wizards have taxes? It would be they extra- use the roads and shit. I want a fan fiction that's like the Weasleys have been jailed by the IRS because they have not been paying their taxes for years. And now they also have to figure out how to navigate like a muggle prison. Like a penitentiary. Yeah. I yeah, I just like and I feel like I think a lot of the the muggle relation with wizards that I think would be like it's really fascinating because you you hear it, I mean, you hear it a lot in like just like history and like also in other witch series or, or or things like that where like a lot of time witches to stay safe in their community they would like form like they would almost become like the town like apothecary or like mm-hmm. become become an integral part of the community so that their townsfolk wouldn't turn on them right mm-hmm. and like I wonder and it's interesting because like JK certainly didn't go that route, right? Like they basically just like stayed hidden. And I, I suppose because of like the statute of secrecy, right? Like they'll get in trouble. But I wonder how many, how many wizards in their community really do that because it's just safer to be able to like interact with their community in a way that's like they kind of know about me, but they don't. Hmm. You know, like they suspect, but they are muggles and they're sweet and they have no idea. They like they, their brains will come up with like an idea of a logical idea that isn't magic right like uh, yeah. like we do like we'll we'll come up with a different example for things that don't make sense because we have to right and so like i wonder like how that would fall in the statute of secrecy and and things like that just um, like being the town eccentric yeah kind of where like everybody's always kind of like well you know the weasleys are kind of weird but like they're really good time when they come to the pub <laughs> <laughs> and they can never pay they, but they can pay. never pay, but it's never a problem. I never mind. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. So I I just like, yeah. Like what, what's, what's, what, what's, what's what there. Cause like, we know that they go to the, the town, like Fred and George go to the town to like, go flirt with the girls at the bar and like um, certain things of like, you know, they'll go back and forth. And <sighs> they would get so much ass. The Weasleys. The Weasley twins? Fred and oh, George. They, they most certainly did. Yeah. They absolutely did. On the, the scale of characters who fucked in Harry Potter, they are very high up on They that fucked list. a lot. Yeah, they fucked they a lot and did. they fucked in a lot of places. They fucked in a lot of weird places too. Yeah, definitely. Did you guys not remember the fanfic where they both fucked Lance Bass? <laughs> I did forget. I did forget. I did forget and I'm sad that I remember it now. I, remember. I never <laughs> stopped thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's burned in my brain forever. Oh my gosh. I never stop thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to be, Sean, at your funeral. <laughs> I will just print that out as a pamphlet and hand yes. it out to folks. That actually will be like your reading. Like, she, like, she wanted me to share this with you. <laughs> she wanted you to all, all feel all feel this pain that she's been living with. <laughs> in the casket as well. 
Yeah, I'll line, we'll line it. Line it, yep, yep. Because <laughs> yep. it's, it's pretty long. I think you could. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, the, the whole thing is going to be great. No matter what, you know, cremated, buried in the ground, you'll be, it'll be with you. Bury forever. me with it. <laughs> How did we get here? Oh, I don't so, know. Okay. I just derailed you with no notes. I'm so, so Muggle sorry. Studies. Muggle no, Studies. Lisa, you're perfect. Uh, <laughs> so, Muggle Studies as a like academic path also does lead directly into a career in the ministry. We know that there are um, a decent amount of sections of the ministry that are specifically dealing with muggle wizards relations. Obviously we know um, Arthur's uh, he works with muggle artifacts, but we also know that um, uh, segments of like the transportation um, industry also have to deal with, muggles whether it's for something like the quidditch world cup where they're renting huge amount of space from a muggle campground um or uh you know dealing with uh transportation uh to and from like kind of muggle areas things like that yeah um and so we see we sort of like see this direct path for the first time in is it order of the phoenix when they're talking about career advice yeah, they're taking the OWLs. Uh, yeah, and then Azkaban is when they um have to, Azkaban is the first time they're allowed to take Muggle studies. Gotcha. Yeah, that's okay. the kind of beginning. Yeah. Okay. Um, we learn more about getting into this career field though in Order of the Phoenix when mm-hmm. they start mm-hmm. doing career counseling and things. Um, and we learn that from Hermione, who collected every single pamphlet to read, um, she finds a pamphlet that's. So you think you'd like to work in muggle relations and it's a bright orange and pink pamphlet. And I'm just imagining that one of the four workers in that department, there's literally four of them like put together this like shitty promo material that they recycle year after year. Like I imagine they have a a huge issue with like recruitment because they're just like, I imagine these like harebrained like academic types yeah. Like just who aren't actually like thinking about their careers or sustainability. <laughs> and <laughs> and we know studies. they are like very under-resourced. They're yeah. very underpaid. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I thought that was really silly. Um, and we learned from this pamphlet that you don't need any qualifications. No. Just a, a, a muggle studies, an OWL in muggle studies <laughs> is requested. Well, much requested, more. Requested, <laughs> not even required. No, it was required, I believe. And I believe it was more that they just really wanted a more of like a sense of curiosity and wonder. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, much more important is your enthusiasm, patience, and a good sense of fun. That's what it is, yeah. <laughs> good sense of fun. Yeah. Um. So these are kind of the 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 sillier and the more kind of upbeat muggle wizard relations that we see where kind of at if we were to look at just in general how wizards react to muggles i think at your your absolute best you have um i think it was maybe in deathly hollows where they suggest that wizards put protective wards around their muggle neighbors um, for mm-hmm. safety so at, at your absolute best you do have wizards looking out for muggles at least in times of like extreme trouble yeah um 
I would say your your kind of standard best case scenario is someone like Arthur Weasley, who's a dummy and like doesn't know anything about muggles, but has like a a a sense of childlike wonder and fascination with them. That's like if, if we're muggles, that's kind of the best we can hope for. Yeah. Right. From wizards. Oh my gosh. Now, obviously, on the other end of that spectrum, um, the worst case scenario just so far outweighs <laughs> anything else that we, we could possibly Anything look at. positive, right? Yes. Like the wizards don't do anything good for yeah. the muggle community. Like you see that when Cornelius Fudge pops in to the prime minister, like the, the British prime minister, and the prime minister is just like, fuck, what? And he's like, oh, yeah, you know when we told you that bad wizard was dead oh it turns out he's totally totally alive and he's gonna kill you all uh i got fired so uh oh yeah when he's like he's like oh when that that bridge collapsed and the muggle yeah. uh, prime minister is like what the fuck that was you guys yeah <laughs> you did that yeah and the like the prime minister all the time and he even says it too he's like every time that weird little painting moves it's never good news right yeah. like it's not it's not good for anybody like he's yes. never coming to be like hey i heard about your pandemic we cured that for you Right. Obviously not. And yeah. I that is one of my favorite chapters in the entire series. I, I, I love that chapter. That. Yeah. And I think that's such a that's such a good one to bring up, Lisa, because I think that's one of the few times that we do actually get to see like this is what the wizarding world looks like to muggles. And it is dark. Yeah. It is bad. It's and brutal. it is it is scary all the time. Yeah. Even best case scenario, it's pretty scary. Yeah. And like that, and that's where I want us to, that's where I want us to be right now. So I want to go back to that initial thought. Like, let's rethink the Dursleys. Okay. All right. At, because as readers, we only experience like the wonder of the wizarding world through Harry, through all of these characters mm-hmm. that we come to know. But when you think about it in terms of how the British prime minister sees the wizarding mm-hmm. world, and you think about it in terms of how the, the, the Dursleys see the wizarding world. It is a nightmare and it is a nightmare that directly impacts them. And like, they are in danger all the time. Right. It's also a nightmare for Petunia in the way that like, yes, Petunia and Lily stopped getting along once Lily started going to Hogwarts, but like she would, they were still sisters and her sister was still brutally murdered by wizards. Brutally murdered because she's a witch. Mm -hmm. By other wizards. And now they are taking care of her son and are direct targets themselves for the very wizards that killed their sister, but with none of the protection or power. Right. So I, okay. I hear you. I totally understand. However, it's not like the Dursleys go around and they're like good to everyone else. They're no, big they're piles shitty people. of dicks to everyone. Yeah. They're no, they're, they're shitty people. We don't know anything about, Vernon like growing up or whatever we've kind of seen how but we do know how he is before Harry was in his life and he was just like happily firing people at Grunnings drill yeah he loves it you know but I think it is also okay to say these people and so okay so when I when I think about the Dursleys I think you can be bad on like the micro level and be not necessarily wrong on the macro level so like it when you look in a vacuum of like their treatment of Harry, that was bad and abusive. There mm-hmm. was no like there's no excusing it. You had a but, child 
also scary time bomb locking under the stairs. Okay. So, okay. Let me, yes. I want to get to that. They did like their treatment of a child of their nephew who was placed in their care was bad and abusive. They were also living with the knowledge that this person who would have an incredible amount of power over them was now like living in their home. And the only thing they really knew of the wizarding world was like danger and death. Yeah. So they say like, I think he even says in the first one, like we like we tried to like, like beat it out of him. Like we tried to make him not a wizard because like they were they the book presents it as though they were just like scared of like not being seen as normal. But like we know that can't be true. There had to be a greater fear that dealt with like the power dynamics of the wizarding world versus them. Yeah. I mean, at any point, this boy who can make his hair grow could kill you could kill you and your son by accident. And to Petunia, the wizarding world meant loss, like right from the get-go. Like she didn't Mm -hmm. lose her sister for many years, but she lost her sister to the the magical world. She lost her best friend to the magical world. And I I don't know uh, if I'm taking this from the books or from fanfics, but does Vernon ever speak to, like, I see you laughing at me. Lisa. Sorry, I just sneezed and then I heard it. <laughs> I was laughing. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> um, Vernon, like, he wasn't, he's like anti-magical folks because of Petunia and how much. Yeah, like, no opinion. Right, like how much hurt and loss. Like, I think for like most of the series, it seems like Vernon has his own vendetta, but like his vendetta might be like rooted in his love of his wife and oh, his totally. sensitivity to her pain. Like, say what you will about the Dursleys, but they love each other and they love their son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They and I mean, are shitty people, but they do love their family, minus Harry. And we're, I mean, we're given no reason not to think that they are just like bad, bigoted people. I think yeah. oh yeah, of, I'm sure they're quite terrible. I think all of these things can be true, is basically yeah, right. what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I 100% agree with you. I think I think there is there is there is more. I mean, you know, we're giving these fictional book people some credit, but like the like there's certainly more behind them than just cruelty to Harry. Right. And that's where I think it we never quite get out of. So in the the first book or two, again, it makes sense for them to be these kind of very flat villainous characters because that's like the fantasy novel script she's following. Yeah. That's fine. It is what it is. I think as we get on with the books and everything becomes to their credit so much more complicated. I, I don't know that the Weasleys ever, or at least like Vernon especially, like does not ever get to become more complicated. And mm-hmm. uh, Dudley goes through a little bit more of a growth. Um, but again, that stems from him being almost having his soul sucked out by magical creatures that he couldn't even see. Like Dudley really gets the shit end of the stick in every single magical interaction. He and does. it is Yeah, he really does. And it is like, you can see why like 
Petunia, Petunia and Vernon are like, you can't come in my fucking house because every time you come in my house, something terrible happens to my son. Yeah. Or to my house itself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, and like, look at Fred and George too, right? Like they fed him the ton, ton, the ton, ton toffee because they wanted to see if it would work. And can I, I have that, like the description of what happens, which is horrifying. So the, the line it's from, um, Goblet of Fire. And the line is, he was kneeling besides the coffee table and he was gagging and spluttering on a foot long purple slimy thing that was protruding from his mouth. And like, we're told throughout the rest of like that passage that he like cannot breathe. He is panicking. His parents are panicking. Like all the kids are like laughing. Mother is trying to pull his tongue out out of his mouth. In that scene, which is the most horrifying thing of the whole thing. It because, is, like, imagine somebody just, like, pulling on your tongue. It is so upsetting. This is also coming on the heels of a couple years earlier, Hagrid giving him a pig's tail that he has to surgically to to removed. That's fucking crazy. And then, <laughs> I just uh, imagine that conversation with the doctor. Yeah, yeah. And then just a year later, he's attacked by Dementors. Yeah. Yeah. He's not, Dudley has not had a good time. Now, granted, Dudley, and Dudley eventually, once he learns to chant, I'm not saying Dudley is, is fine, but like he, once he becomes just like a boxing unit, right? Like he does start to channel a lot of his like bullying energy seems to be into that. Um, but like, God, he's just so mean. I don't blame him. No, but, but I know, but like, but he man, is, like, he's got a shitty pick. group of friends. Yeah. And they were mean before all the magic things. That's true. Right. Because, I mean, he was he was raised poorly. I think Dumbledore even says to them in um, Half-Blood Prince in that very beginning scene where he comes to the Dursley's house where he, like, implies that they've been abusive towards oh, Dudley, totally. um, which is not incredible. Again, you can look at these characters and say they're bad people. They've done bad things. They have made awful choices. And that's their fault totally. while also still acknowledging that being a muggle in a wizarding world, especially when you have knowledge and especially when you're as close to that kind of like center of power as the Dursleys are, is a very, very frightening experience and is almost definitely going to like have an impact on the other parts of your life. Absolutely. Right. It's, and especially because like when Dudley was a child, right, like Vernon and Petunia knew about Harry, but a dirt, Dudley didn't. Like, it's not like they told Dudley, like, hey, your cousin's a wizard. We're trying to get that out of him. But instead, Dudley just grew up around this weird fucking skinny kid who didn't, who weird shit happened around him all the time. So they could have been people who, like, desired to tell Harry about where he came from or, like, get to know the wizarding world to, like, make nice with it. But there was so much trauma from like negative day five. And I don't even think it's just that like they had a specific brand of fear and trauma that was related to their experience. But it's also just the way that even quote unquote good wizards interact with muggles that like so. So in that uh, Half-Blood Prince scene, we were just talking about where Dumbledore comes to like pick up Harry from the Dursleys. And he, like, walks in that house like he owns it. Mm-hmm. He, like, moves their furniture around. He, like, makes them, like, he says that he, um he like, 
conjures, you know, the couch to come up and like hit them. So they fall down on the couch and then it goes back. He like, you know, like pours himself a drink or whatever. He walks in that house like it's his. And so even like a wizard that is, you know, we know is a good character and we know is supposed to be a huge supporter of muggles walks into a muggle household as though there is nothing you could do to stop him. And he will do whatever he wants when he's in your home. That's really interesting because that's like the fragility of allyship right there. It's like, are you a supporter as a subject? Like, like are the muggles just like, Mm -hmm. are they, are they your object? Like, like what is the depth of support? Right. And I wonder, I wonder how much of that also is, like just wizarding social norms versus muggle social norms and them not understanding the compatibility between the two right like it wouldn't be super weird for Dumbledore to come into a wizarding home and conjure up a bunch of drinks and then like you know help whatever like just like start helping and doing things around the house right like that wouldn't be weird nobody would think that was rude but in a Mm -hmm. muggle home it's like no cultural competency (laughs) wizards even wizards who like muggles they talk about muggles the way that Hermione talks about house elves yeah totally and this is the 90s <laughs> like maybe muggle studies would have a cultural competency component in 2022 <laughs> decolonizing muggle <laughs> so let us get to I want us to like address the heart of what you're bringing to us Sean Okay. You let feel me, like we're grasping it? Yeah, let me think how to tie this up. Um, so, okay. So to return to my initial question or my my initial premise, like let's put ourselves in the Dursley shoes now that we've kind of unpacked what this world looks like from an outsider's perspective um, with the knowledge that you are always existing like parallel to a community that is just infinitely more powerful than you are and has at at best a a sort of um uh patriarchal fondness for you and at worst wants to take your world over and like use you as like worker bees um do you feel any differently about the Dursleys? Um, it's okay if the answer is no. Really, I think they were pretty into child abuse. Yeah, in a way they didn't do a great job being not shitty. Like, <sighs> and I understand that they're shitty for a purpose, right? But like, my my, I. And I also understand where their like level of hatred of magic, like that makes sense, right? Like, of course it makes sense. Their, their association with magic is nothing but negative. Um, but it doesn't give you carte blanche to just be like a big giant fuckhead. I agree. And I wonder if they're, behavior and reaction to this world is more realistic than any of us would care to admit oh for sure i think absolutely it is yeah um because we also can't pretend that there is not a large measure of envy in Mm -hmm. the way they react to this wizarding world 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, and also just the way that like muggles in general would react, right? Like we all talked about this just right at the beginning where like if we if we knew about the wizarding world, like we would all be just like seething with jealousy. Right. The fact that like we didn't have magic yeah. um, and that we don't all just like, act, you know, pretend just like casually to think about something in, across the room and hope that it works sometimes, you know, um, just in case. Um, maybe the letter comes at 31, not at 11. Um, I think, Sean, this is a good exercise in like recognizing that this is an opportunity to build empathy for them. Like I could intellectualize having some more empathy for them at the same time as someone who's around children a lot now like my like not the kids I teach because I hate them but the ones who I am related to you care about I love like to be raising a child who is innocent and to not feed them enough or clothe them or put them in a room that is safe and not dropping dust from the stairs on them is like kind of monstrous. Like that kind of transcends like any conceptualization of like their fear as justifying their behavior that I can come up with. But I do feel for their powerlessness. So maybe that was their power taking in a powerless situation. Like to to try to conceive of like existentially what this would mean especially as vernon who marries into this situation to have his fucking world exploded he's trying to hold it down for his wife and new baby and like trying to wrap his head around his brother and and sister-in-law being murdered and having to take care of their kid like I think as I've been talking, I just developed some more empathy for them. <laughs> yeah. And and like I said, I, I think it is something that's important to look at on, on like a micro versus a macro because on the micro, the unacceptable, right? right. The way yeah. they treated Harry. It is, it is nothing but child abuse. And yeah. no one is making the argument that anything that they did to him was okay. Yeah. I think on a larger scale, because we talk so much about what does this wizarding world look like and uh, it is helpful I think sometimes to step back because we are so in the wizarding world when we're in these books to step back Mm -hmm. and say what does this look like from the outside and what does this look like when you are viewing it through the lens of a an incredibly imbalanced power dynamic and you can say that like your actions towards what was an innocent child were unacceptable and also still acknowledge that on a grander scale this was not a great situation for for these anyone yeah yeah totally I mean and they were it was certainly like and and you understand why Dumbledore did it right because it was the best level of protection that Harry could possibly get and like it was very like old magic that he was able to like a bit like dig in on but also it's like wow what a big ask yeah, they to didn't a, do any damage control. What no, a big, they what a big ask to a people who can't possibly understand, understand or live up to the challenge. Right. Correct. Yeah, like there must be wizarding social workers, like more than Arabella Fig. You know, like they're they could have sent people to like intervene in. or like get Harry uh-huh. out of the house in the summer to go to a camp or like anything. Right. 
Yeah. Dumbledore just literally like, do anything him... to bring this per- this child joy. Yeah. Anything. And, and when we look at all the examples we talked about about you know the way wizards treat muggles to me what I keep coming back to as being the most chilling is not the sort of like cartoonishly villainous like Voldemort you know enacting a you know building a statue of wizards sitting atop like a pile of writhing muggle bodies like it's not that it's it's like the casual cruelty of the Weasley yeah. twins giving the candy to to Dudley. It's yeah. it's um I, I loved how you put it, Caleb, that that sort of um uh like how contingent the uh allyship allyship of Dumbledore is going into the Dursley's house and throwing his weight around and making mm-hmm. it so totally. clear that he has just absolute power over him. And these are it, it's the actions towards muggles from like the heroes of our story that are so off-putting as opposed to the villains of our story and like that's what I want us to think back on as we're going through this series yeah and and thinking about the Dursleys are are terrible characters they're bigoted characters they're abusive characters they are also living in a world where they should always expect casual power plays and cruelty from the wizards around them macro aggressions (laughs) and i wonder (laughs) yeah (laughs) i wonder too how much of the like the dumbledore power play really was just that right because like dumbledore had has admitted multiple times that his his hang-up right was how much he cared about harry yeah and like that was the downfall of his entire plan that's what made him such a it made him it, it it's what made him set Harry up for such little success because he was so afraid to hurt him and he's seen how the Dursleys treated him and so he definitely went in to be like hey you motherfuckers yeah, yeah he he wanted oh, that's to swing. an interesting point he but he wanted to swing his dick around totally he absolutely he did I wonder if you were to here's a fanfic <laughs> this is there should be a fanfic corner of every episode now um fanfic corner Fanfic corner. It's just fanfic ideas that don't actually maybe. Fanfic ideas, we're not gonna write, but I'm yeah. never going to write them because I have no ethic around it. But um, like if if the Dursleys were rewritten as sweet, loving, caring characters, and then we still saw how the wizards treated them, <laughs> how it would come across. Oh, yeah. Quite terribly, right? Yeah. It would yeah. be really big bad. And like Fred and George, right, specifically come back and Arthur is furious at them because he's like, this is what I work with every single day is like this mm-hmm. muggle cruelty. This is what we're fighting against. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, we didn't do it because he's a muggle. We did it because he's a git and he treats Harry like, like terribly. Yeah. And like, you know, coming from Fred and George, I do believe that is where they were coming from and from a sentiment. However, they only did it because he's a muggle and they could get away with it. Yeah. Right. Cause they could. Yeah. And they did. <laughs> <laughs> and they certainly did. It's amazing that they did. Uh, and Lisa, there is your book recall, and just the way you can like pull out the <laughs> the dialogue. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Our third host is amazing. We love our third host. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm really settling in as the third host. <laughs> uh. All right. Well, if you guys have any opinions on anything. Uh, we talked about today um, your own views on muggles and wizards. 
um, and the way they interact, you can, well, you can email us if you'd like to, by now, you know, you shouldn't do that, but if you do insist on it, um, their email is watcherharrypod at gmail.com. As always, your, uh, better bet is to, uh, contact us on Instagram and our Instagram handle is, does anyone know it off the top of their head? Mm. Just watch your Harry podcast. It is watch your Harry po- at watch your Harry podcast on Instagram. Good job, Lisa. Um, good job, Lisa. That's that me- that memory coming in. <laughs> Not for the email. I don't know the email address. <laughs> I made that too, and I don't know that one. But all, all right, right, y'all. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, thank thanks guys. everybody. Bahrain and Germany and wherever else. Oh, you right. Are. Fuck. All those countries. Thank if you, you so are, much. If you're in one of these countries and it strikes your fancy, will you drop us a line? We'd love Please to hear from do. you. Please do. Actually, we will We will find that one and read it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll skip all the other ones that are in there. We'll go yeah. right to yours. <laughs> Bye. Okay, bye. Bye. The Watcher Harry podcast is hosted by me, Sean Fitzpatrick, Lisa Moen, and Caleb Kelleher. Our editing is done by me, Sean Fitzpatrick, and our theme music is Dance Macabre Busy Strings by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. It's licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.